0: Deuteronomy 32 tonight, and I'm going to ask you to turn to that page, there's just a couple of verses there on page 203 in your Bibles. in the view, page 203. One thing we should know is that Deuteronomy is really made up of three sermons of Moses, and Moses is talking to the people just before they're going to go into the promised land, and he's been with them on this whole journey through the wilderness for 40 years, and now there's a new generation. And they're all going to experience new things in the promised land, and they really have no idea what's going to happen. But his three sermons are, the first one is in chapters 1 through 4, and then the second one in chapters 5 through 28, and then this is part of the last sermon, kind of his last words to God's people before he dies. So listen to these two verses, and really what they're like is they're like a parable in the Old Testament, and they tell us so much about God and about us. Uh, Listen to these two verses. The first verse says, Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft, the Lord alone left him. No foreign god was with him. And it's referring here, of course, to Jacob and, of course, to his descendants. The God is like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them, And that carries them along. May the Lord bless us as we look at these words from His inspired and His infallible word for us today. People got about two years ago, my mother passed away, and she had a lot of uh, books of pictures of when we were younger, and each of us six children took some of the pictures out of that book. And one of the pictures that I took out of there was one of my twin brother Harold and I. And we were with the Gelanek twins. that were twins uh, a year younger than us. And my folks took this picture in the Cicero 1 parsonage. And Ruth and Carol are there, and then myself and my brother Harold. And uh, it was in May of 58 that this picture was taken. But later on, when we were in that same parsonage in Cicero, as my brother and I were growing up, uh, we got to be about 14 years old, and we both went to our parents. And we let them know that we had a lot of pain in our joints, in our arms, and pain in our legs, and we had just uh, shot up about 10 inches that summer. And we wondered if we should go to the doctor, to Dr. Van Ricken, and if maybe we needed surgery or something, because something was wrong, and we had so much pain. Well, my parents looked at us, and they smiled, and they said, we don't think you need surgery at all because we know what those pains are. And what were they? What do you think? Growing exactly, growing pains. And growing pains, they told us, they're really not bad pains. They're good because they show that you are growing. And they also said they're necessary. It's going to happen to you when you grow so suddenly as we shut up so, so much in just one summer between the, our one year of school and the next. But growing pains is something that we read about here in Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verses 11 and 12. Even as sometimes when we grow up, there's pains that take place in our bodies that are really not bad pains, but they're just pains that are going to happen because you're growing. So we see here in Deuteronomy 32 that there are pains in our life that come as God wants us to grow. Spiritually, he wants us to grow. And we're going to see three things tonight about these good pains. The first one is that in verse 11, it tells us God is the disturber, he is the one who disturbs our nest. It says in verse 11, God is like an eagle that stirs up its nest. And you say, Why would an eagle stir up her nest? Why would they do that to their young? But, you know, when those little eaglets are first born, they're so safe and they're so warm and comfortable in the nest, and the mother gets the food, as you know, for them and brings it to them, and they sleep and they rest in the nest. And everything is wonderful when they're young. It's easy for them to be in that nest. And usually eagles' nests are very, very high. They're they're extremely high. And, you know... Moses knew all about these eagles. He had been a shepherd for 40 years, and then after that, he led the people of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness. He had studied, he had looked at those eagles again and again, and he saw how they fly with their sometimes 8-foot and 9-foot wingspans. Amazing creatures of God. Nothing else like them, but a huge wingspan. So here they are, are these eagles, and they're safe within that uh, nest. And then what happens is that it says here that the eagle stirs the nest. And and the reason she does that is that she wants those eagles not to stay safe in the nest for the rest of their life, but they have to learn how to use their wings. They have to learn how to fly. And she sees as they're growing bigger and bigger that they've never used their wings before. And so what she does is... She stirs the nest by coming in front of them, and she'll flap her wings and touch the nest. So now it's not so so calm anymore. And then sometimes, as she does that, she'll go behind them and push closer and closer to them so they get closer and closer to the edge of the nest. Because she knows that that they're meant to fly. That's what they were made to do. And, And it's necessary for them to fly so that they might get their own food, and later take care of their own young, And so that eagle will do everything to force those baby eagles to learn to fly. And and as she does that, she taps the nest, she taps it here, she comes closer, she even spreads her wings to show them how they can fly. But as she does that, they come closer and closer, and then the time comes when they fall out of the nest. Now, the Bible says here, God is like an eagle that stirs up the nest. And you know, in our lives, when we're young, and and we haven't experienced much of life, we can be comfortable and safe in the nest that God has given to us. A place where we can learn and we can grow, but now it's time to grow in a different way. And as we get older, God is the one who allows the nest that is so comfortable for us to be stirred up in our lives. We never know when it's going to happen. We are sometimes disturbed by it and upset by it because God allows things to enter our life that we would never want to be in our life. But he is the one who, in a sense, is stirring up the nest at that time. Sometimes it's with something that happens within our family. Sometimes it's because of something that happens within our bodies. But in different ways, God stirs up our comfortable nest. And and, and, you know, instead of asking why, Lord, we can say, what is the Lord teaching me? What does he want me to learn? How does he want me to grow in this? Because you see, God doesn't stop there. As more and more, we are forced out of the nest and then over the top and out of the nest. God is first of all the disturber, but secondly, in verse 11, God is the developer. Because listen to what it says. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest if she hovers, or hovers over the young, and then she'll spread her wings to catch them. But listen to that part about hovering over the young. You see, as these little eagles begin to fall, pretty soon their their wings aren't strong enough for them to fly yet. And they're dropping more and more, and they're in free fall. The Bible says that God is like an eagle that doesn't leave those eagles to fall to the ground. And God is the same way with us. God is the God who is with us all the time. He is the one who is there to catch us when we're falling. He is the one who has promised us in his word, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Even though sometimes in our life, as we're forced out of the comfort of our nest, we feel as if God has left us. But he is still there offering over us, willing to be there for us, the one who has promised, as Jesus said, that he is the one who will always be there with us through the power of his Holy Spirit. And, and, and so he hasn't left us. He hasn't decided that he doesn't care about us. But God says, trust me. I am the one who is there when you are fallen and when you are afraid. And he says, and I will stay close to you. I will be there for you. He hovers over his young, just as the mother of evil. And, and, and so I would ask you a question where you are in your life right now. Are you still in that safety of the nest, and you've never experienced growing pains? Or are you in a situation in your life, even right now, where God is the one who has stirred the nest, and you sometimes feel like you're falling? And, and you try to use those wings of faith, but it's hard for you. And you're wondering why these things are happening to you. Are you in that that, that, that time of God being the developer in your life? It's a, a difficult time, but it's also an exciting time. And pretty soon, as that eagle is falling, that little eagle, it tries its wings and it's able to use them. And then it tries again and it's able to use them a little bit more. And so, God is the one who teaches us how to use the wings of faith and trust in Him. You know, some of us may be still settled in the nest. Others of us may feel like I'm in that time of freefall. I'm in that time when it's difficult for me. And, and you know, you look in the Bible and you see what happened. And you look in the New Testament and you look at Peter. And, and you remember the time when Peter was with the disciples and they were in a boat, safe in the boat just like safe in the nest, 12 disciples. But then a storm came up, and again, their boat was not so settled and comfortable anymore. The boat is rocking back and forth. It's pitch black, and you have to understand that. We went to the Sea of Galilee some years ago, and in the Sea of Galilee, there's not the bright lights all around in that time. There were no harbor lights to see what was around. Nobody had a light on their boat so that they were safe. And it says it's pitch black. And the rain starts coming down. A storm rose, the Bible says. And then it lightnings and it thunders. But as it lightnings, all of a sudden as the lightning shoots around, they see somebody walking on the water. And the disciples look, the Bible says, in Matthew 14, who is it? And they see him coming closer. It strikes again the lightning. They see him again. It's Jesus. I think it's Jesus. And then finally... Now, think about it. There are 12 disciples that had been with Jesus for a long time and knew who he was. But only one of them, Peter, says, if it is you, Lord, let me come and walk on water with you. And then the most beautiful word Jesus says to him. One word, come. You can do it, Peter, come. And then can you imagine when Peter steps out of that boat, that first step onto the water, and as he begins to walk on water to Jesus, and we don't know how long that was. could have been 30 seconds. It could have been two minutes, three minutes even. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But can you imagine walking on water to Jesus, getting out of the safety of the boat? He's the only one that left the boat, and he's the only one that was able to, to my faith, walk on water to Jesus. And we often emphasize what happened next. He looked down. He didn't look at Jesus, but he looked down at the waves, and then he began to sink because he wasn't trusting anymore. And then the beautiful part of the story is even as he sings, Jesus doesn't say, well, I'm done with you now. You, 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 you goofed it all up. You, you don't know what you're doing. Swim back. No, Jesus didn't do that. The Bible says Jesus took him by the hand, And Jesus led him back into the safety of the boat. To see, that's the God that we serve today. The God who doesn't turn his back on us. He hovers over us. He's there for us. But he says, take that first step out of the boat. Walk on water with me. And he says to us, you have to get out of the nest. You have to learn to use your wings of faith that you can fly. Because there's a third thing here and that is that God is not only the disturber, the developer, but then in verse, the last part of verse 11 verse 12, he's the deliverer. God is the one who spreads, like an eagle spreads her wings to catch them and carry them along. So the Lord alone did lead him, though foreign God was with him the my says. Isn't that beautiful? That God is the one who is the deliverer just as these eaglets begin to fall, and just as they get closer to the ground, the mother eagle swoops down, and she carries them back to the nest on her spread out wings, and there they are, safe again to try again. And she may disturb the nest again, and then they fall out of the nest, and then they're stronger, and they know what those wings are for, and pretty soon she'll catch them again if they fall too far. Brings them up again, and teaches them how to do what they were made for. Teaches them to fly. You know, the Bible says later in the Sermon of Moses, underneath you are always the everlasting arms of God. God's arms are always there to bring us up again, to lift us up when we feel as if we're falling. God is the God who says, I will give you the strength you need for whatever comes. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, Jesus said one time in John chapter 10, no one can snatch you out of my hands, and no one can snatch you out of the Father's hands. He is the one who who spreads his wings, or in a sense spreads his hands, and he's the one who lifts us up again. Now, I wonder what's happening in your life. Are you in that first part of this parable where you're still safe in the nest and you've never experienced growing pains? Or are you in the middle of some growing pains that you never expected, where you're learning to fly by faith? Or are you one that has been delivered by God and you Thank you that you spread out your everlasting arms beneath me. The wings of God are beneath me. God said in Exodus 19, I have borne you up on people's wings. And what a comfort that is to us as believers in the true God. You know, our God is not a God who's way out there. If we were in a Muslim uh, church and we were among those who believe in uh, Islam, the teachings of Islam and of the Muslims is that God is a God to be feared. He's a God who's way out there. And when we say to them that God sent his son Jesus to be our Savior, they say, so that's blasphemy. God would never come to earth. God would never come here to be among us. That can't happen. He would never stoop so low to be in human form. That's impossible. So God is one that you Bow down to the very ground before it. You continue to try to keep the pillars of faith and you keep trying to appease it because he's way out there. He's much greater than you and much more powerful and so holy that he would never come down to you and either for you that way. I would say no. That's not the God of the scriptures. Jesus isn't just a good prophet, like you say. Jesus is the one who is God in the flesh. God loves us so much that underneath us always are his loving, everlasting. Aren't you glad that you know the true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who loves you so much that Jesus came to God for you, and he gave his all so that you can have the wings of faith and trust him. Now, I have two final thoughts, though, and one of those final thoughts is this. It's the fact that there's a secret to the long flights of an eagle. God is like an eagle that stirs its nest, hovers over its young, spreads its wings to catch them. But do you know that sometimes we take well, a strong and We have the eagle as our symbol as a strong eagle has strong wings. So if they want to go far, say to Florida, they just keep flapping their wings more and more so that they can go farther and they get strong wings and they just work at it, and they're tired, but they get there. That's not true. Because you know what the secret of long flights are for an eagle and for birds? If you study birds, you find that they catch the wind. And the wind carries that. And, and they're made in such a way that they don't do it all in their own effort. But the wind is what brings them from place to place as they position their wings in such a way that they can catch that wind, and they can soar on eagles' wings. And you know, it's the same for us, because it's interesting, in the Bible, the wind is associated with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is human, the Spirit, the wind of God. Remember when the Holy Spirit came down on Pentecost, and the apostles were in a room, and there were tons of fire to symbolize that power of the, of, of the Holy Spirit, but also there was the sound when the spirit came up, of a mighty rushing wind. And you see, what we as Christians learn, and as this passage would teach us, is that when you trust in and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and catch the wind of the Holy Spirit, you can soar on wings like eagles you can get through those growing pains that are sometimes so hard for us. And God brings you to the place where you soar by faith and not by sight. So remember, that's the secret of long flights, to catch the spirit, to catch the wind of the spirit, and that's true spiritually for us as well as physically for the eagle. But there's one more thing that we have to remember from this passage. And that is as we try to picture what it says about the ego helping her young and bringing them back, the truth is that no one can take your place in experiencing your growing pains, in experiencing your having the Lord lift you up when you're falling and bring you back up, in experiencing exactly this wonderful grace that he has that underneath us are always is no one can take your place. No one can fly on wings of faith for you. You are the one who is called to do it yourself. You know, I'm an identical twin. My twin brother was born 18 minutes before me. We grew up in exactly the same family. We had almost exactly the same experiences as we were growing up. Uh, we looked almost exactly alike. People couldn't tell us apart. And and you may have that where Somebody else has experienced so much of exactly the same thing, but they can't take your place. And my brother, Harold, can't take my place. And I can't take his place in trusting in the Lord. It's soaring on wings like eagles. Every single one, our mother, our father, our brother, our sisters, none of that. Can take our place. No one can trust for you. Each of us has to experience the pains of growing in the way in which God has planned for us. Isaiah 40 has such beautiful words. It says, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What a wonderful God.